All right. Hey, hello, Paul. Hey, Fab. How are you? I'm good. You? Good, good. I'm trying good. to, I'm standing a little further back in my frame so you guys can see my plan. Uh -huh. I was always wondering what that font looked like. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Uh, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> All right. So today we have a bit of a different type of show. We're going to focus a lot on marketing. We've done a few marketing shows in the past, but uh, you raised you raised a point offline last week, which was like we have we haven't been, we've been doing a lot of sales stuff recently. So um, we're going to kind of focus this all for startups and SMBs, I guess. Like that's kind of the frame, because uh, obviously, if you're a large enterprise customer, uh, customer, large enterprise company, you probably have a different reality. Uh, you definitely have a different reality. So I am. How do you want to do this? I'm going to turn it over to you, and you're going to start asking. Firing away, asking questions. I do, I do, and um, we we talked. We we prepared, folks. But there's one. <laughs> question, there's a few questions that I'm really curious about, and one of them is, what companies do you admire marketing-wise right now? Tell me about them, and then I'll give you my opinion afterwards. All right, cool. Um, why? Yeah, just tell me why you admire them. Uh, sorry, yeah. which you admire, and we'll do why afterwards. Okay. I, um, I'm going to give you one big one, one medium one, and one small one. Well, <laughs> How's that? All right, so large, I mean, I don't think anybody will be surprised here. It's, uh, it's HubSpot. Uh, medium oh. would be <laughs> Gong, .io, Gong. Uh, okay. And small, so small is kind of weird. It's just because I see it from the outside. I'm not at all in their industry, so I don't know how well it's working for them. But there's a small company called Montreal which is here in Montreal, uh, and they're kind of in the pharma sector software. I'm, I'm not going to explain what they do. I won't give it justice, but I really like kind of what I see online popping through. I don't work with them. I don't <laughs> I've spoken to them a few times, but I don't, I don't have any insights on how things go. But from what I see from the outside, I like it. Okay, cool, cool. That's, that's interesting. I've got to say the ones that I admire are the ones that I use. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of lame, but... Uh, no. There's a reason why you're using them. Yeah, so one's huge, and that's the whole Gmail suite, so the whole Google friends. And I find they're not overwhelming. I find they, when they target something at me, it's usually pretty intelligent. And so they're huge. Then there's Zoom. I find Zoom as well targets intelligently for things that I need. So th those are the two that I admire. Okay, so nice. now tell tell us, um, let's start with a small one. Why do you admire Montreal? Like, what is it about them? Um, I don't know. I just find that they're, I mean, I know their philosophy is that they've, they've taken a very, uh, traditional field and tried to add in, well, not tried, added in some software component and some make it, make that industry a bit more modern. And you can kind of tell that in their marketing and, you know, they're, they're launching an event like virtual event, obviously in the past few weeks and in the next few weeks, sorry. And, you know, like they're, they're trying to use like TikTok style videos to promote it and stuff like that. Like it, it makes it very interesting and you kind of see some engagement happening online around that, even though it's a very traditional stuffy field. Uh, so from the outside looking in again with no, no, no insight, but I find it super interesting that they take kind of an approach of like, listen, we're going to take a stuffy field where most marketers in that field would probably be very boring, send off these really boring emails to get people to their webinars or whatever. They've kind of taken the different approach and they're like, no, we're going to make it fun because at the end of the day, their target audience, <laughs> whoever that is, um, you know, they're fun, they're people and they like to be entertained and stuff like that. And I like that they're trying stuff out and 
Uh, they're trying to be more dynamic. And I know last time they promoted this event, it was like a different approach. So it seems like they're trying things out. So I think I like that a lot. That's from the outside. I think the, the reasoning behind that is that they seem to be trying to appeal to their clients for you know the times that we're in right in 2021 and not doing marketing from like 2004 or something like that okay okay fair enough fair enough and how about uh gong, gong. and hubspot so gong actually is actually very similar so they they're they've totally crushed it on on linkedin mm -hmm. um again i don't have any internal anything into the company i don't know them um it's and they've so they there's kind of like a you know sales is called recording software. I mean there's a little there's a whole much a whole lot more to it than that. But basically they um, it's a, so their target market is salespeople or sales departments. And I find that they've done a really good job kind of looking at what salespeople like, what people enjoy, the reality of salespeople, and they all their content is like 100% zeroed in on sales. And they make it fun also, right? Like like a lot of bold graphics, a lot of meme style videos and GIFs and, and stuff like that. Um, because if you look online, that tends people that speak to sales in a dynamic fashion, engaging fashion, they tend to use those types of things. So they kind of like created content that works for sales, but then added in their own spin, which is like the data, like what's actually what actually works on a discovery call or blah, 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 blah. So it's uh Really interesting. So again, it's about how they're putting their customer at the center of their marketing to make it really engaging. Okay, so I mean, these are all based on perf personal preferences too, right? I mean, you don't know if it's working that well. Am I correct? <laughs> I mean, from their from their their you know revenues and stuff like that that they publish, it seems to be working well. From the interviews I've I've heard with with you know their CEOs and their CMOs and stuff like that, it's going well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, and then you mentioned HubSpot, obviously. <laughs> obviously, uh, HubSpot. Actually, I I got I discovered HubSpot roughly nine years ago through their marketing. So obviously, they're they're one of the bigger juggernauts in in the inbound field. And what I like is about their whole marketing is really about helping people or marketers or salespeople or customer service people do a better job. And I think like. It, their their content is not always as fun, although their social presence is going to be more more fun. But everything is geared on to geared towards, you know, helping the people do their job because they know that if people become better marketers, they're going to want better marketing software and so on and so forth. Right. So yeah. I just like that they're putting the customer at the center of it. That's good. Well, that's it's a good reason. It's a good reason. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because you know in 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 the B two B world. Uh, you mentioned it before, so marketing is fun. But for me, as a consumer in the B2B world, I'm always looking for something that serves a very specific purpose, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's very obviously, and you know this as a marketing person, but often in the B2C world, you're buying very emotionally for reasons that are sometimes logical. Um, am I wrong to assume that, to assume that in the B2B world, you're buying for more rational reasons, but that emotions still affect you? No, I'll disagree on that one. I think obviously rationality comes in at some point, right? Uh, but even as you mentioned, right, when we talked about sales process and the sales approach and your positioning statements should all be made to elicit an emotion because ultimately we're still humans, right? Like, and we're, or to elicit or to mirror an emotion because we're still humans at the end of the day. 
Uh, and so we're going to be attracted by our emotions first. And after that, we'll have to justify, is it actually a good product? Is it actually doing what we need to do? But that's secondary. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, you buy based on an emotion. But in a B2B world, you will not usually make a totally irrational decision based entirely on an emotion. So what I mean is that if you have the choice between three, four, five, six, ten different products mm -hmm. you know you need, the emotional will come in maybe in deciding which one, but the fact that you need it is not so emotional, unless it's really frustrating that you don't have it. You know? um, right, and so that's you, there is a need there. I mean, I, th I guess even in B2C products, right? If you're buying shoes, you might need, or you're either a fan of shoes or you need shoes, but um, like I think it's the same there. Like, yes, you have a need, right? You're trying to fulfill a need of some sorts, but if you if you said like, if, if I look at five companies that from the outside do the same thing, and where if I'm sure if I sat in on demos, you could probably change the logo and some of the way this things look and it yeah. would be relatively the same. So what yeah. you're gonna, how do you differentiate on that or how do you distinguish on that or how do you build a preference for? It'll be on on what that brand stands for. Or what is it? Do I feel like I'm one of them? And, and I'm not talking about the sales part, obviously then there's like, also do I trust the salespeople and, and all that stuff that comes in a bit later on, closer to the purchasing decision. But if I'm, if I'm gonna look, you know, like you mentioned Gmail before, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, but the reality is you could have gone, you know, with Outlook, you could have, you know, there's other software like ProtonMail that's very secure email. There's, you know, like Hey from Basecamp. There's like there's a whole bunch of other mail tools, right? Email tools, sorry. Um, but you went with, with Gmail and that's, there's a probably a good chance that is kind of the brand recognition and it's kind of like, yep. yeah, that's email for SMVs. That's, that's me. Like I'm not gonna, you probably didn't even do, you probably didn't even shop around. I didn't shop. I mean, I knew obviously about Outlook. Um, I didn't know. The, I didn't know much about the other two. And of course, you know, I could have used the uh, um, the Apple mailing service, but I, I I don't know for some reason I don't like the interface. I don't find it as business friendly. But so there was some. There was a lot of of um, in in that decision. There was a lot of there was a lot of rational uh, analyses. Although I didn't know yep. about all the Um it's interesting because, you know, just to, to go into the B2C world, you know, you're talking about clothing before. Clothing is a perfect example of emotion, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. uh, in, in the, I don't know how to say it, in the richer countries, very rarely do you need clothing, right? You're, you're more, I sure. want, you know, oh, I need a blue shirt to go in my green suit, whatever. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> right, good point. So, 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 okay, so next question. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's one that I wanted to ask you for. So, um, as an SMB, um, where do you, where do you start? Like, so let's say you're a young, let's say, let's go at the small end of SMB. Um, where should you start your marketing journey? Like, what is it that you're looking at first to decide what you should be doing with marketing? Right. I mean, Ultimately, you're you're gonna like in terms of what you're gonna do. Then I would say the first thing is, I mean, that's the easy answer, and I'll, I'll probably dive a bit deeper afterwards. Is looking at content, right? You need to put yourself out there. You need to distinguish yourself, right? Like the examples we gave um, is all about they're all content driven. Uh, I think in 
these times like content is still king people still consume a lot of content the challenge though is that there is a lot of content out there and so um what you're going to need to do is is find a way to to distinguish yourself through your content but you're going to want to start creating content and the first step once you've decided okay i need to create content um the first step would be really try to understand your customer as best as you can right like i would take some time to like interview clients you know spend time with them try to understand what their problems are and not necessarily just uh, sorry i said clients but not necessarily just clients or people in your industry like your target market let's put it that way because your clients obviously they have a certain bias towards you already but you know like what's who are your people like because remember like you know the example i gave with hubspot or with gong right like they they seem to have a very deep understanding of who their client is and all the content they create is really geared towards empowering them and helping them make a better do their job better and that's where i, I would start with that like what would let's say so I sell understanding understanding your target market uh, so yeah. that's great so write down that persona, right? What are the characteristics of the person you're trying to reach out to? That's a great answer. But beyond that, it was just like, what's, what are their challenges? What are their challenges on the daily as, to, the as it relates? What are their challenges? Who are they? What, how can you help them? You know, really yeah. understanding that part, like what am I doing for my persona first? Right? Yeah. That's, that's good. So that you can share content that's going to be helpful for them, yeah. right? Because you said, you know, stage two, right? I think first you have to understand your target yeah. market, and then stage two is okay. How am I going to write to them? Well, exactly, or how to create like, content to them? Yeah. Where do you start? <laughs> right. But so I, once you've once you've had that, then you determine, and we've talked about you know content strategies before. Is like once you know what you're going, once you know the challenges of your customer, once you know what kind of content they consume. Um, you know, are they very podcast driven? Are they very, very video driven? Are they text driven? Are they a bit of everything or whatnot? Then you can start deciding like what, uh, what kind of content am I creating? Okay. I know that my target market has challenges with this. That's messy. This is difficult to do. I don't quite know how to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like anything that's a real blocker for them. Um, and then that's how it, that's the type of content that you're going to go out and, and create, you know, and that's the step that a lot of people don't do and i know for us like this podcast or video or whatever is is fun to do and we never really spent a lot of time doing the research there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about based off of our experience but if you were to turn this into really you know demand generation kind of content it would be like let's dive deeper and see like okay like owners of an smb what are their daily challenges and how as it relates to revenue and sales and, and marketing and then all the episodes would be very geared towards like solving that concrete issue. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I agree with you there. You know, what we do is often a discussion, but um, just to come back to the SMB marketing starting point um, as a marketer or as a non-marketer myself, although I'm close mm -hmm. to marketing um, because I talk to you a lot. Um, I, th I think the question that I get from a lot of people is, where do I start? So th that was a good answer. I think that was a great answer. Um, I have another one for it, you. Um, yeah, I, I think just to close that up, I think it says like once you've done the research and you know who your audience is and you know their challenges, like you know them, not just your clients, but your audience, then the content almost creates itself. Sure, there's a technicality behind it of how do I record a podcast? How do I publish a blog post and stuff like that? But the content almost writes itself. You almost have your topics yeah, to yeah, write yeah. about. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because then you know what you can offer them and what you want to talk to them about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is um, 
It's one that uh, I thought of uh, quite quite early this morning. Um, <laughs> how do you define branding KPIs? That's <laughs> a weird one. But you know, a lot of people talk like, is, do we, you know, and, and maybe maybe we should do that question first. So branding versus lead generation. Let's do that first. So what's branding? What's lead generation? What should you do first? How do you do it? Well, how do you define them? And then after that, because branding to me is a little bit more, uh, you know, spiritual. Um, <laughs> spiritual marketing. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think ultimately, uh, you know, both worlds are starting to combine, right? Like, so if you think of the history of marketing, you know, marketing used to be very branding related, you know, very branding, everything was just branding, right? Because there was no way of generating leads, right? You were just like, you had a product in the store or your salespeople would be the ones generating leads if you're in B2B. Then as digital came along, this idea- Oh, well, like, I, I, I will disagree with you there. Even before digital, when in the old days, when I started in TV, you had a lot of call to action. Like you can get now, you know. Good point. Hey, only you know five ninety nine and good point. We, that's we true. A lot of ads like that. That's a good point, and that's uncorrected. And it's true. Like he would send out direct mailings, and he was something which are all very direct response related. So I signed corrected. All that to say is that there's been my point was there's been kind of a shift where it's like oh branding or lead generation. So for one, I wish people would stop just kill off the term lead generation because this idea of generating contacts for your sales team is a bit outdated and doesn't work as well. It used to work well at the beginning when people were all excited about filling out forms and getting an ebook. You know, that's just not as much the case anymore. And it's really about creating demand for your brand, right? The only time where you can kind of maybe still get off, pull off generating leads is if you have a very competent sales organization that are asking like, like all the stuff that you've talked about, right? The consultant is selling and they're able to take a, a very relatively cold contact uh, and really able to like build trust with them, ask them the right questions. But as you know, and that's why you have a job, <laughs> a lot of organizations don't have those high performing sales teams. And so I think it's it's more about how do I create demand for my, for my brand, for my company, right? So I'll say branding and, and demand generation are, are integrating, right? Like we talked about before, how would you pick a company? So let's say you're like, oh, I need a new CRM. So maybe you'll go on Google and type in CRM and then you know, Pipedrive will show up and HubSpot will show up and Salesforce will show up and Microsoft Dynamics will show up. Like the, the bigger, the top, the ones that people tend to think about. And then you'll request a demo for all of them. But what's gonna be the big differentiating factor is their branding element, right? Let's say you you go on HubSpot and you're like on their blog and you're like, oh, wow, like actually that their CRM actually integrates with their marketing stuff. We can actually all, live off the same database and stuff like that. Like, I, I like that, that speaks to me. You're, you already have like kind of an inkling to go towards them. Or maybe you're like looking at Pipedrive and you're like, you know what, I just want like a very efficient sales tool. And all it does is like sales stuff and I, and I want to keep my costs under control. You're, you're already going to have like, yes, you might speak to Salesforce and you might speak to HubSpot, but you're kind of already sold on the idea of Pipedrive, right? So yeah. that's where they're kind of, I would say you kind of, need to look at them as one thing like your 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 lead generation even though i hate the term are blog posts that's there to convert people or your ads that are there to get them to to call into sales um have to have a branding component they have to have a demand component they have to be able to elicit an emotion yeah and i think you know unless unless you're you know unless you're some nonprofit uh, government organization trying to convince people to 
you know, go get vaccinated. Um, <laughs> and any, any, any company that's trying to sell something, your branding ultimately is a form of either lead generation or sales, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So, so that's a very interesting point. So, and we talked about the examples with Gong, Montreal, and yeah. HubSpot. Like all, all their content is all lead generation content, right? There's always call to actions to fill yeah. out a form or something like that. But, but, but the value that they bring, the brand, what they stand for, is so strong behind all of those. Is that it's like there is a branding component in everything that you do. Like what you and I do on LinkedIn, that's branding, right? Because we're not there's no call. To right. Action. And that's then there's cool like branding. on the spectrum, there's things that tend to be more purely branding and things that tend to be more purely demand generation right if you have like a uh, if if you ha if you ran google ads for like sales consultant in montreal i mean yes there'd be some branding in the way you maybe word some of the stuff but it's that's a purely generate i mean almost purely generation but yes you're right the podcast that we do is much more branding related right yeah. um and the, the stuff we do on linkedin is much more branding related yeah so maybe we should have like like uh, call to action in our linkedin yeah, call now, right now. Call now. 50% discount if you call the next 35 minutes. That's I'm amazing. waiting online for you. <laughs> um, That'd be amazing. So, uh, okay, we, we covered that one. Sorry, I got some notes here. Um, so I, you're, you're probably going to, I, I kind of know you're going to answer this, but I'm going to try to keep you in a very tight box. Um, how 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 do you define KPIs when it comes to branding? Don't talk to me about growth or sales. Branding, just branding. Pure branding. So let's say you let's say you want to start a podcast. You know, like we know that podcast tends to be more on the pure branding side of the spectrum, just because it is. I mean, you well, can have contacts. No, but I mean, even most people, right? Because it's not a very converting medium. Yes, within your audio, you can have like contact us today, but most of the time people are listening to your podcast while they're driving or they're out for a run. They're not going to pull over and call you. Like, right? That's probably not the behavior. Um, so, you know, and this will vary, right? Like, if you're a small company, obviously you have limited resources, but what you really want to do is try to determine what's the recognition that you have on the market today. So, let's say you're an IT company, right, in Montreal you know, like how well do people know you, right? So there's a there's a more expensive ways, which is like, you know, like the, the surveys and you can, there's companies that'll survey the market for you and see like how well do you know company A and stuff like that. But there's other ways to do it through, uh, you know, SurveyMonkey has a survey, uh, has a service that'll do it and stuff like that. So I would just find a way to determine what's my recognition in the market, right? And it okay. could be number, like if you really want to go cheap or <laughs> lack of a better word you know maybe you're just going to set up some searches for your for your mention online versus maybe some of two three four of your top competitors right mm -hmm. so then you go like okay let's say my top competitor is telus right they get a lot of mentions online i'm tiny i get zero mentions now i'm going to launch my podcast and then every six months i'm going to monitor my brand recognition within my target audience okay and that's how you would measure like Okay, like, yes, I mean, once in a while, you might get a lead directly from the podcast that's just like, hey, hey, you know, I just listened to your show, like, we need this IT services, blah, blah, blah. But what you're going to also want to do is, like, monitor continuously or on a, you know, regular basis, like, are more people talking about us online? Do more people know about us? And so on and so forth. So that's okay. how you would just, that's how you would measure brand. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um... 
Okay. Um, this is one I thought of this morning as well. Um, <laughs> what's the best way to learn from companies that do well? So, you know, you're talking about Montreal, Dong, HubSpot. So let's say you're in a different space, but you say, hey, I like, let's say, I really like Montreal. You know, a small company offering some, how do you, and it, it sounds kind of stupid maybe, but you, maybe it's an obvious answer, but how do you, how do you apply learning from their marketing and do it to you? Like, do you copy it? Do you, like, it's, it's probably what it boils down to, right? Yeah, what I would do is I would just, and I would, you know, those are the small, the sum of the brands, but it could be like, I really like Apple, I really like Tesla, whatever. You know, you could, t you could, you could take those big brands, even though it's in B2C and you're in B2B, you know, you're selling ball bearings and I'm, I like Tesla type of thing. I would just make a list of the companies that you like, or maybe you're on LinkedIn and you're scrolling and you see something from Gong that you like. I don't, I don't, I don't run a sales department, but I like what they're doing, right? And so I would start following those companies you know, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, like wherever, just following, you know, sign up to their blog and just get inspired by what they do, right? And and because for all the metrics and all the strategy and the stuff like that, like the best marketing will always come from if you're doing something that you enjoy doing at, at the small, you know, startup SMB level, right? Like, it, yeah, and, and I guess a lot of stuff's been done out there. There's nothing wrong with, you know, doing like, you know, when Google started, doing advertising, they didn't reinvent the way they did advertising. They just used what was out there and made it, you know, tweaked it to their own sauce. So, um, yeah, and I mean, Facebook, yeah. you know, stole the idea from, from MySpace, right? They just made it better. And like, it's, you know, like there's well, like product, but just borrowing the, information. You, I mean, the way you market too, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, oh, I like, you know, someone's used this style of marketing. Um, I'm going to do something similar. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, the only thing I would add to that is that, because that's usually the next step that I hear after is like, oh, but that doesn't apply to us, right? Like they're doing a TikTok style or a meme style promotion, but you know, we sell ball bearings. Like that would never, I, I would, the next step then is to <laughs> eliminate that we can't do it. This wouldn't work for us, right? Because that's the fear factor that comes in afterwards is like, I, I don't see myself doing this or whatever. I think it's worth trying stuff out. That, that would well, be I the, think the there's some part. companies that have tried really bold stuff um, that I, I find work really well and they, you know, no one would have thought of that before, but it, you know, it's smart and yeah, anything right now, other than, I don't know why I'm thinking of Saturn in the 1990s, the car company that was a little bit different and it actually worked well for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, so no, it's, it's interesting. Um, cool. Okay. When should you use marketing? <laughs> As a what, sorry? As an SMB. As an SMB. So here I am. I'm doing well. I've got my own little company. We're five employees. You know, I know you said before you should allocate a certain percentage of your, you know, you're a marketing guy, so you should always allocate a certain percentage of your uh, revenue or profits to marketing. But like you're sitting there, you're, you're like, when, when, when do I use marketing? Do I use it tactically, incisively, or should I be using it all the time? Or you know, the tactical stuff can definitely work. I think with technical stuff, you just have to know what you're doing because you're 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 uh, you're, you're, you're you know yeah you have a very low tolerance risk, right? Because if if I do marketing maybe every six months, like I can't screw up this campaign because my next one is in six months, right? Yeah. And so then I would make sure that I have I'm equipped to do something that runs successfully. That said, the best marketing is usually consistent over time, right? It's like it's like selling and prospecting, right? Like I could do a batch of prospecting today, fill up my pipeline, 
and then what happens in let's say my sales process is in three is three months what happens in three months my pipeline is empty and it's like you know you're always going to starting over so it's better to do a bit every day when you're talking about prospecting same thing with marketing it's better to do like we have this show relatively consistently on a week weekly basis and you know i try to put out some content on linkedin whenever whenever we can right like there is some consistency there um but so answer your initial question which is when to use marketing i think it's if if you're no longer satisfied with your status quo, if you're not doing any marketing now and you're not satisfied, my sales are getting harder. I want to grow a bit more. Like I was happy at five, but now I'd like to get to 10 uh, employees. Um, or like I said, I spoke to somebody recently that we both know. And it's like my, my, you know, sales is just getting harder, right? Like it's just, it's taking more calls, more, uh, and my sales process is longer and stuff like that than it was like, two years ago or three years ago, right? So when you're starting to hit a roadblock and if and you're not doing marketing yet, that's usually when you should do it. But like I've said before, you should <laughs> using marketing day one, like, I mean, day zero, right? If if you have an idea to launch, uh, you know, a sales software, I mean, I would start today, even though you're just ready to launch it in six months or 12 months, right? Yeah. Because you're kind of already building up that audience, yeah. that interest, you're already testing out what's resonating with my audience and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I I think that makes total sense. It's and I like I like your comparison to prospecting. Like, you know, you don't just prospect when your business is slowing down. You should be prospecting all the time. Well, you should be doing the marketing all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. I have one last question that that's very dear to my heart. <laughs> nice, uh, because I have I have you, which is good. I always I can always call you up and ask you questions. But let's say you're you're you run a small company and you're thinking of, of, you know, you want to understand more about marketing, where would you, where would you send these people to sort of learn more about marketing as, you know, in a more, a little bit more academic way that obviously they can apply eventually, but what content do you suggest that they consume other than copying or looking at what their, their, their favorite companies do? Um, I would, I would recommend if you're just talking about like how to do marketing and, and marketing and, and stuff like that for, for smaller organizations, yeah. I yeah. would, uh, I would recommend HubSpot's blog. I mean, it's, it has like, I was talking to somebody oh. yesterday and, and he's oh. like, but no, I mean, it's, and I say it just because it's like, I was talking to somebody yesterday and he's like, man, everywhere you do a search for anything marketing related and there's at least one article popping up uh, in your Google search results. And it's like, they they write in depth about a lot of different topics. Are they the holy grail and they have absolutely every answer to every little thing? No. Can you probably dig deeper on a topic afterwards? Yes. But if you're trying to get just a better understanding of what marketing is and and what it could do for for your business and how to do it more specifically, then I would say okay. No, I, think, I think that's uh, that's very fair. So um, excuse my clunkiness. I, I I didn't want to forget any of my questions, so I was literally reading them because I. <laughs> Um, oh, there's one I think we didn't cover, but I think we kind of did cover. It's how to have success in marketing. Yeah, I think I think you just said, let's put it this way. Same thing as you would say in sales, right? You have to have a, what's, what does success do mean for you, right? And and that's you know, it's almost step one uh, or maybe step two. Like you know, step one we talked about was like understanding your audience and getting a deep understanding of of, of your audience and their challenges. But then what are you trying to do at the end of the day, right? Maybe maybe I am an SMB and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm happy with just people knowing, more people knowing about me. Like, I don't need to generate leads. I have a good enough salesperson. He, you know, she's filling up the pipeline. We're bringing in revenue. We're good. 
we just like to get more well-known, right? Get a few more inbound leads, maybe stuff like that. So what does that mean more well-known? Well, right now, nobody's talking about us online. We would like by the end of, you know, within 12 to 24 months, you know, we get a mention a day type of thing or a mention a week, you know, like, hey, check out this, blah, blah, blah. So you have to define what success looks like. And it's, it's interesting. So, but in a B2B world where let's say you don't have salespeople, you just have customer service people. Marketing is doing all your outbound stuff, right? They're the ones who are bringing in the, the customers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you'll judge your success by revenue there, right? You'll say, of course. okay. But in a world right, where you have that symbiotic relationship with sales, you can't really separate them, can you? I've heard so many arguments, you know, that's why they put VP marketing and sales together because they're so often um, connected. Yeah. But and you can always tell when a group, when a company has very siloed departments, right? Because marketing oh, yeah. does one thing and it's all blah, well, and then you get to sales and it's all blah. Well, and you know, and it's just like there's such a big disconnect. Yeah, or sales talks great. to you one it's way. Awesome, and then you call them up and it's the worst customer service. Yeah, what yeah. I want. <laughs> yeah, or nobody writes back to you, yeah, yeah. Uh, or reaches back out to you, or nobody. You know, like there's just always a disconnect. So yeah. I think, yeah, I mean- You are number so- 7,433,000 in line. We will get to you within the next four days. <laughs> cool. Exactly. So this was fun, Fab. I'm, I'm, I'll try to nope. be better oiled next time. In, in, <laughs> but I didn't want to forget any of them. And cool. I like this because, I like this and I'll be honest with you, I like it personally because I was listening a lot today because I'm learning a lot. I'm I'm. And I know some people say, well, okay, marketing exists, but I'm learning a lot because I, I obviously I come from a really salesy background and I'm always, you know, okay, how can this be actionable? And and sometimes you need to have patience. And the thing that you said that probably resonates with me, my biggest takeaway today is that marketing is like prospecting. You have to do it all along. It's yeah. not, you can't stop because, and that really talks to me, the sales guy. It's because if you stop, you know, then it'll bite you in the ass later. So uh, that's that for me. That's a great takeaway. So I want to. And I've, yeah, and I've shared this anecdote before. Like, I mean, I, I don't have raw data to to look into it. It's you know, when you're small, you have the benefit of intuition, right? And I like, I, I definitely see a correlation between the amount of content I share on LinkedIn and the amount of inbound leads I get, whether it's referrals or just direct contacts on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And recently, I've been busy, therefore posting less often on LinkedIn. I can yes. definitely see that I'm already getting a dip. In inbound requests coming in, right? So it's yeah. it's that consistency, and it's like I don't know, take that five minutes to to write a post, even if it's not like the best post, even if in the end nobody comments on it. Maybe even there's only like eighty impressions on your LinkedIn post. Doesn't matter. Like those are like you know sixty to eighty people that have seen your name pop up, you know, and that's, that's often that's so, good enough. That's so counterintuitive to most people. Like I, I say that to my clients, right? Because I've learned it from you. I say, look, just put it out there. And they're like, ah. I said, just put it out. It's more important to be out there. It, you can't be, if you're posting something on a regular basis and you're not a great writer, you know, it's not going to be perfect every time. But it's funny because I was just talking this week to a friend of mine who is a great writer. Part of what he does is, is helping people write. And he, he's awesome. And he's not using, I said, you of all people, get out there. Yeah. Just put it out every day. He's like, should it be really long? I said, no, no, just just something every day. Right. Someday it might be long. Someday it might be really short. Like, yeah. You know, you asked about like marketing resources, you know, like Seth Godin, although he's much less tactical and more philosophical, let's put it that way, which is important too, in terms of understanding who you are as a brand. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of, he, he writes daily, seven days a week. Um, you know, some of his posts are literally three sentences, right? And others are like, you know, a good meaty 15 to 20 minute read, right? So, oh, really? but he's there daily. 
right? And so, yeah. and, and having heard interviews from him, that's like huge. Yeah, and so, but he, and I heard an interview with him where he's like, he actually writes like three, four blog posts a day. He's just out of those three, four, he picks the best one, okay. and he he posts it. So, well, yeah, I know this. And you said this to me. I mean, some of my most recognized posts have been very, very short. Yeah, because, you know, unless. I shouldn't say this, but unless you're a real expert in your field and you know you're someone that people really want to follow, um, I, I personally I don't I can't imagine reading something 15, 20 minutes on 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 LinkedIn unless you know I read books so so why not you know? Yeah, I mean Seth Godin writes a blog, so it's probably in your yeah. email or or wherever you you get his posts. But um, I think it's just you know it's better to be out there and it's better to even like yeah if, even if you have a long post and most of the people don't read all of it. Uh, you know, it's better to be out there. It's better to be seen. And again, it's going back to, and it goes to knowing your medium, right? Like on LinkedIn, yeah. because most of the connections are people that are relatively close to you, even if yeah. you haven't had a direct interaction, you know, they see Paul and maybe they see your headline, like sales consultant. And then like, you know, but then their friend is like, man, my sales suck. He's like, Oh, Paul, like you should definitely work with him because he knows stuff. He's just posting on sales. All the time. Like, bracket i haven't read any of it but he's all you know so you must know something well i was just it's funny because i was just talking to a client of mine who found us through a podcast right nice. and and she's saying oh i still listen to your podcast and i'm still referring a lot of people to you and 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 i think that's great right because it's it's i mean you and i do it because we have a passion for it i think that shows yeah. we, we enjoy these conversations but yeah you know, we're not stupid either we know it helps our business too. You know, so, <laughs> but, but yeah. it's so much fun that we, you and i get to talk and discuss and, and have a conversation and challenge each other and that actually brings value to other people which to me that's my this is what i've learned from this podcast is you don't have to be an expert on everything you can just be someone who's good at asking questions <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Now you know where the, <laughs> the name of the podcast comes from. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Paul. We've kept these people long enough. Thanks yeah. for everything. That was really fun. Talk to you next week. Ciao. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone. Thanks for joining us.